Welcome to Unpacked Shorts. I'm Katie Harrison, one of the regular writers here at Unheard, and with me is Peter Franklin, who writes our Unpacked column. Looking, hi, looking at you. Usually look at articles from elsewhere online, don't you, and unpack them for us. And um, we use these shorts to quiz you a little bit. Um, just gently roast you on that spit of interrogation. <laughs> Very good. And with us today we have Charlie Pickles, who's our capitalism editor here at Unheard. Hello. Great. So, um, Peter, I think you have a little bit of a soft spot for Japan, don't you? I've noticed we discussed Tokyo quite, uh, fairly frequently on this. Well, yeah, I think what's really interesting about Japan, it's one of the advanced industrial economies, one of the G7, um, but very much an outlier on so many different in so many different ways and one of those ways is their success with building new homes okay um where That's not a problem unique to japan is it it's not um but they seem to be doing better um in numbers wise than um say london or new york tokyo is really sort of building at twice the rate of comparable cities in terms of not just being capital cities but global trading centres. That's that right, yeah. yes, because um, obviously this week we've had the British Prime Minister, Theresa May, give a keynote speech on building uh, more houses. But it's not just a case of the number you build, but getting them built in the areas of highest demand where people can make the best use of their skills and their knowledge and not lose most of their wages to ridiculous rents and sky-high mortgages. So you've been looking at, is it James Gleeson has been writing on his blog about Tokyo. Is there anything specific that they seem to have cracked there that's a solution? Um, well, he does say that they're quite top-down in their, um, uh, their directions to planners, right? So, so you know, the... Um, ability of local areas, local residents to block new developments is limited. So what does that mean, Charlie, would you say, for the future of civic participation? <laughs> I mean, I think it's an interesting question, isn't it? Because, you know, we're, we're all very familiar with the NIMBY movement, which is the not in my backyard. And um, that has been certainly in the UK. Um, and you know, I could kind of suppose that in many other cities around the world um, has been a real block. So, you know, local communities can prevent or, or kind of certainly discourage local uh, councils from giving planning permission for developments. And, and of course, that's fine for those people who have their homes and, you know, are kind of, you know, secure and have that kind of stability of a roof over your, your uh, head that you actually often own but for all the people who are really struggling and can't find rental properties or can't get on the property ladder actually it's a massive barrier and so um, I think it's a I think there is definitely some value in saying well this is a national priority and therefore the national government is simply going to say no we need more housing um, and we're going to you know force areas to build it. I think one of the area one of the reasons why there's less Japanese nimbyism is that there's less of a fear that the whole country is going to get built on because Japan has got some extremely hard barriers to development nothing to do with the planning system but to do with their geography and um, 
mountainous forested areas are um, more or less protected from from development because it's just impossible to build there. But I mean, um, it's, I mean, a tiny proportion of the land in the UK is built on tiny. Well, that that stat is often given. Obviously, it's for the whole country. If you look at southeast England, the most crowded parts, it's much more. And it's not just the area that's covered. It's it's the the, the greater effect on the tranquility around it, right? So a road might just cover, you know, a few meters wide. It, its presence is felt over a much, much greater area. Air so quality and air noise, quality, yeah. all of these things. So this sort of land take statistic is, well, it, 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 there's half a point there, but only half. So is there a solution here that's transferable, do you think, outside of Japan, or is this specific to a country that's got these particular geographical features? Well, one of the things they do very well is demolish older development, right? Um, and that, and if you demolish whole areas, you've got more land to play with. Um, you can get, you don't have to rely on sort of towers just to make the use of a, you know, a fairly narrow site that comes up. So, you know, they're... Peter much, wants to get yes. out of the wrecking ball. I'm, I'm, well, I'm yes. worried about this, Peter. I always thought that, you know, you were a little bit more in favour of individual freedoms well, than having your house demolished and something built that you don't even like instead. Well, actually, I'd love to have my house demolished <laughs> and, and, and for planning permission for a much bigger place there to be as long as I, I was able to harvest the value of that that would be great and you and, know and made into flats so that other people can have homes <laughs> as well well yes yes and you know I'd, I'd love to sort of swap my my home for sort of four flats instead Property because developer I'd, Peter I, I, I'd be, you heard it here first guys I'd be quits in I'd be quits in and if you what's look, the council that can come knock on <laughs> the door Peter <laughs> Well, except, you know, it's a serious point. Don't you know, forget about the rogue landlord yes. story that we did a few weeks well, ago. Well, indeed. <laughs> but, you know, there are a lot of um, uh, places in London, for instance, um, housing estates. You know, the state already owns the lands there. They could redevelop it at both higher quality and higher density. Everyone wins. But what you've got to make sure is that existing tenants aren't cheated. Yeah in the process and that's something that really is important but if, if you can square that then actually even in global cities there's an awful lot of space that could be used a lot better and i think i mean it, it clearly does make sense to go for the sort of di uh, densification kind of model um, and using the space more effectively that we have rather than as peter was alluding to at the start kind of sprawling outwards and outwards and outwards and then you know lovely people having to spend hours on trains that do or do not turn up on time to get yes. into work and you know you think of the well-being impact of that and all that kind of stuff but i mean one of the interesting things that that I would observe on the piece that Peter's unpacked is that the size of Tokyo homes are quite considerably smaller um, than the average home that, that we would see in England and Wales. Now, of course, you know, the average in England and Wales is probably not quite the, the um, stat you'd want to look at. You'd want to look at kind of London and, and big, dense urban areas. Sadly, I don't have those stats. But, but nonetheless, I think there is a kind of cultural difference in the, you know, I mean, I've been to a few places in Japan and, the, and, the, and I was very struck by just how small the homes and flats were compared to those that we're more used to in the UK. Well, fair enough, but um, against that, uh, the number of people per Japanese dwelling has actually gone down 
considerably in recent decades. So actually, per person, they're getting more space than they had before. More space than they had before, but perhaps not as much as they'd like. We're not sure about that without asking them directly. And that's something, actually, I have to say, that when we've looked at Japanese analysis pieces on here before, we don't often hear from the general public and their opinion on things. And I'd love, maybe that's the next unheard challenge. Find well, out the great. unheard We'd voices in Japan. Let's go. Japan. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you want to set up unheard yes. Tokyo, guys, feel free. And any Japanese writers yeah, that want to we write for us, that. we would love to okay, hear from you. Okay, so it's nice that our editor's not in the podcast today because we can just totally make decisions without him. I'm sure he would feel uh, chuffed that we're all empowered and innovative. Brilliant. Peter Franklin, thank you so much for bringing James Gleason's blog about uh, housing in Tokyo to us today. Charlie Pickles, thank you for joining us from me Katie Harrison and our producer James Coney thank you all for listening please rate this podcast on your usual provider so that other people can find us too for now goodbye <laughs>